0: Uh, to potentially be a part of a real estate investing webinar uh, in the next month or so where I was going to be a guest talking about why I believe buy and hold rentals are the you know the best investment for full-time employees right as the author of one rental at a time you know kind of that story of mine being a full-time employee and building a portfolio over time via buy and hold is catching on Uh, people are increasingly buying the book subscribing to this channel so Uh, the message is resonating which is awesome so i don't know if this opportunity is going to go anywhere um, but since i have been taking a couple of days to create this presentation i want to share it with you Uh, i did uh, create did share this once already uh, but as i watched the video and kind of critiqued myself uh, i found some spots to improve also i inadvertently got a little bit too passionate and swore a couple of times which is not something i want to do in general Uh, on these videos, so I'm going to record this again and see if I can do better this time. So uh, go ahead, if you've already watched it and you don't mind the swear words, thank you. Uh, I am going to give this another shot because I really do believe buy and hold rentals are the best thing for full-time employees, but you gotta do it right. You have to appreciate the hard work, the homework, the sacrifice, that kind of stuff. And I don't want that message to be lost in three or four swear words. So I'm gonna do this again share the value with you Uh, if the webinar ever happens of course i'll let you all know Uh, but worst case i want to give you more value uh, and share with you this presentation so without further ado let me see if technology works and share the video with you or the powerpoint i should say share hey look at that it's working all right, little slideshow move. Let me move this camera up here so I can talk to you and still look at the presentation. All right, so as promised, uh, this is meant to be about 45 minutes uh, of presentation. Uh, I've done it in a way that hopefully each slide and each uh, bullet um, resonates with you. Uh, I likely will be telling stories about much of this because it is our story and it's, it's important for you to understand where I've come from. So again, this this... Presentation was created to basically basically answer the question, why do I think buy and hold rentals are the best side hustle for professionals? But before we get started, I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to ask you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's you know, youtube.com slash one rental at a time. Uh, it means the world to me. It's a small way for you to give back, uh, basically indicating that you like what I'm doing for you. Uh, I do produce daily content either through interviews, subscriber questions, walkthroughs, all kinds of stuff, uh, all for you. Um, As you know, if you've read our book, One Rental at a Time on Amazon, we retired over a year ago. And this is one of the things I do to fill my day. So it's a lot of fun. Hit the like button if you like it. And of course, if you leave a comment, let me know what you think. Uh, Tell me what you think is rough in this video because this is is a dry run. So if there's something you don't like or don't get or is missing, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, But also remember, if you do subscribe to my channel, uh, one of the video series I do is subscriber questions. And you just leave a comment asking your question. And to date, I've answered every question within 48 hours. So, um, you know, let's keep interacting and having some fun. But now let's get into the presentation and probably why you are watching this video. So this is what I thought we would go through uh, in the webinar, webinar. And again, let me know what you think is missing. I thought I would do a slide on, and, and some bullets on why buy and hold rentals work as a great side hustle. Uh, I think it's often overlooked. I think it doesn't get the just do it deserves. And I think this is specifically important for full-time employees. And now obviously realize who's speaking to you, it's someone who did this, who built a portfolio while working a crazy schedule Uh, And and I believe that's one of the bullets you'll see here in a minute uh, that we'll go over. But again, I admit I am biased, um, but it works. So uh, at least I have a a reason to be biased. Uh, I'm going to give you a slide on why I think you uh, should consider buy and hold rentals if you're a busy full-time employee. Uh, I will share my experience uh, because I think it's important to understand who's speaking to you. Uh, I think there's a lot of pretenders out there in social media. Uh, lots of people um, regurgitating things they've read elsewhere. Uh, I, as documented in our story on this channel, in the book, uh, did this as a side hustle for 15 years and woke up one day and looked up and we had 175 rentals and it was, it was you know, we could exit comfortably. So, uh, you know, it, I think it's important to know who is uh, speaking with you. We will talk about how we got started, kind of give you that baseline. Uh, Because, you know, the preceding slide, you kind of know how it ends. But let's remind you where we started. And and you'll see we didn't start in any particularly great space. You know, I will give you kind of things that helped. I think it's important to realize in this business that there are um, lots of people and lots of ways to sort of amplify what's going on. Uh, And I didn't always appreciate that in the beginning. Uh, It's important for me to tell you the bad with the good. Uh, so i have a slide specifically that says never forget this business will test you i think this is particularly important your first five years of buy and hold right the whole deal about buy and hold is it starts with a drip then it turns into a slow trickle then it's a bigger i don't know whatever's after a trickle uh, and then it just turns into a raging you know river if you will Uh, but it takes time and as you'll see You know this this business will test you and um, you know I think it's important for you to to, to realize that Uh, you know I will again share with you what what we found that helps because again um, if there are bad things maybe there are things we can do to temper them and I thought I would share them with you I will also share what's important to me when I talk to people who have zero rentals Uh, what I want you to think about is don't don't set a goal out of the gate about financial freedom or hundreds or dozens Let's just go from zero to four Four is easy to understand. It's a comfortable number for us. And when you get to four you can decide what to do next. I Have seen people at my presentations and live events High-five me buy my book get a selfie on all these things But then I know when they get to their car or they talk to their significant other they're like, "Wow, that's a cool story, but we can't do it and Frankly, I take that as a failure on my part. I only do this to give back. I don't go up there to take pictures and and all of that stuff, but it's wildly fun, don't get me wrong. But I'm trying to cause action in people. And if all I'm doing is getting smiles and pictures, but nobody takes actions, I frankly have failed. And I don't like failing. So that's why I now talk about four. I want everybody to get to four. If you get to four, you have my full blessing to be done. Uh, But if you get to four and you like it, then let's go to 10 and then we can talk about it after that. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, I will share with you what I teach because I get asked all the time, right? You do this for 15 years. You you kind of fill out what works. Uh, You get asked to lots of coffees and lunch and dinners. And hey, next time you go to Fresno, take me with you kind of stuff. So I've had to create a way to sort of synthesize what we did, what worked, uh, because we get asked literally every day. Uh, So I'll share with you what, what we do. Uh, and then propose some next steps if you want to get started, and things that I recommend for new folks. So that's what we're going to go through. Each of these bullets is one slide, so you know we have ten slides to go through, and uh, that's that's the story of the webinar. So let's get started. So, why buy and hold rentals as a side hustle? Well, the big thing again, as a full time employee, was I needed something that had a great return on time. Right, I had slivers of time available, like minutes. Right. I could get up earlier or stay late. I was extremely busy during the week, right? I worked 60 hours plus a week. I traveled all over the world. Um, you know, I would leave most Sundays and not come back to late Friday, right? I only had Saturday available to kind of pay my bills, clean my laundry, and, you know, do family stuff. It was rough. Uh, so I needed something that would be able to give me great return on time. I could do an off hours. And if you were focused on buy and hold rentals, you can do that. Uh, I wanted something that was inflation protected. Uh, I personally believe that you know cash is trash or whatever you want to call that. Um, I believe that over time, uh, cash depreciates, which hence means assets inflate. So I wanted to own things that when inflation came, and it's in front of us, if it's not here with us now, I would be in better shape. Inflation raises assets and actually makes debt less obtrusive. So. That was something that was very, very important to me and something I'm very glad we did and, and have owned for you know, some assets for over a decade. Here's the big one. You know, people who talk about rentals talk about termites, toilets, tenants, just trouble, right? I don't know, they got, they got stuck on T's, I don't know why. But what they don't realize is I don't know of any other asset that produces cash flow that somebody else buys for me. Think about that. I buy assets conservatively, financed with at least thirty percent down. What does that mean? That means that some other family or sets of families are buying 70 percent of my asset, and I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool, and I am so glad that that happens every month. And you know, if you want to, if you if if you want to follow the whole you know tenants, toilets, termites, trouble. And, and not do buy and hold, totally okay by me, more for me. But again, realize what I'm trying to give you here. And I do think buy and hold rentals are the perfect side hustle for busy professionals. Again, there's not many tax incentives left, right? Legal tax measures that incent behavior. And one of them is depreciation. It's, you know, you can read about it lots of other places, but in essence, you get to... Um, Leverage a non-cash expense to reduce income. But what that means for an ordinary landlord with a couple of houses, it means that you get to hide all of your positive cash flow in a tax loss because the depreciation is a non-cash expense. Awesome. Then you have 1031 exchanges, which we leverage and we talk about in our book and give full credit to going from eight to 80 units. We get to take the inflated Uh, asset price of houses in 07, 08, 1031 into apartment buildings, which are underappreciated then and take all of the equity and have no taxes. Don't pay the IRS. In fact, they incented us because of the like kind exchange. It was awesome. And it should be stated that, you know, when the eventual happens and we go on and and pass, um, that our heirs will get what's called a stepped up basis. So if we own this for a long time, depreciate it to zero, we pass on, uh, our daughter gets this and she can do whatever she would like. And if she wants to sell everything, God bless, let her, let her go. Uh, but she has a stepped up basis. So her impact of selling is not nearly what it would be if we sold because we had depreciated to zero. So lots and lots and lots of advantages. And then the last one, we need to realize that we are in a special time. Lending is relatively easy today. It wasn't always that way the last 10 years. In real estate investing loans for the first time, right, getting to four, are easy. Not ridiculously easy, but easy. And again, the ability to get 30-year fixed rate debt with a five or a six on it, unheard of. Go get me some of that. But please make sure you conservatively finance just because a bank will approve an 80% ltv which means you put down 20%. If you're a busy professional with no time and want the easy way, put down 30, 35%. Let's make this a no-brainer. And then don't worry about it. Your tenants are going to pay off the rest. Again, it's an awesome thing. So why should busy professionals look at buy and hold? This is something I believe and frankly have lived. I believe you live where you want, a- aka work where you, you know, work live where your job is. But you need to invest where the numbers make sense. Right. We spent, as we talk about in the book, you know, almost a year, if not a full year, looking for properties in the Bay Area, which is where we happen to live. And nothing has made cash flow sense here in probably 50 years. So we had to go somewhere else. And many of you watching this probably are thinking out of state or at least out of area, like we did. And you are perfectly right to think about that. Now As you'll see later, I think there's absolutely things you need to do to check yourself and check the turnkey provider and check all these people so you don't get taken advantage of, which we'll talk about. But again, live where you want, invest where the numbers make sense. Totally the right thing to do. I also love the fact that busy professionals can outsource all kinds of things. One of the first things you need to know about me is I have never property managed any of my units whether we had one house or 175 doors. Never, 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 never managed our own stuff. Frankly, never, you couldn't pay me to do that. I want to outsource that task to others. And I just build that into my model. My job was to be the very best employee I could. And I worked my tail off. And frankly, liked my job, if not loved my job. But I knew that that would not always be the case. So we would, we would go in during the day, do our thing, and then we would grow our portfolio one rental at a time, and we would pay everybody else. So all we did was secure capital and find deals. Everything else was outsourced, and I highly recommend that. Um, you know, the other thing is, is you get to control the key items that make the business impact. And let me tell you, it's not property management. It's securing capital, either through your job or reducing – Monthly expenses called sacrifice or playing good defense or living below your means and finding deals. Those are the two things that will change your life. It's not, you know, not paying a property manager eight to 10%. That's not going to change your life. That's pennies in the scheme of things. Be very good at your job, look for deals and secure capital. Everything else, outsource. You don't have time. You're a busy professional with growing family responsibilities, so just be good at what you do. Again, when you do this right and you do the first things that we'll talk about near the end and do your homework and understand the numbers and have a solid buying criteria, you are going to spend minutes a week working on your portfolio. And the beauty of those minutes is they can be off hours. You are not going to be um, taking any time, or if you are, it's minutes away from your day job, which is what you need to do. You need to be the very best at your day job so you can maximize your income, so you can save, invest, repeat. So again, the side hustle is real. It doesn't take a lot of time once you invest the time to do your homework and learn what's going on. I believe pride of ownership or turnkey rentals have given us, right, busy professionals, another way to invest and reduce risk. As I talk about in the book and on my YouTube channel a lot, I made a mistake 15 years ago. I was enamored with cheap properties. To put some numbers around what I mean, let's assume there's two houses side by side. One is perfect condition, 200 grand. One is the same exact floor plan, nothing different, except it's well used and well lived in. It's 150 grand. What I did 15 years ago is I bought the 150 grand house all day long. And that was a mistake. Here's why. That was a mistake for me because my constraint was dollars. As you'll see later, we only had $40,000 to invest when we started. So if I bought the cheap property, let's use some real numbers. I bought the cheap property. I put 20% down. So that's $30,000. But because I bought the cheap property, I need to spend another $30,000 raising its caliber to match the neighbor. So I put 30% down and I've spent 30 grand and now I'm into the property for 180, but hey, it's worth 200. So I've gained 20 grand in equity. True, but what's your constraint? My constraint was cash and I've just lit all my cash on fire and have one unit. What I should have done is bought the 200K house with 20% down, which is $40,000. And then I have no additional cost. So the pretty house I'm into for 40 grand and the cheap house I'm into for 60 grand. Now take these examples and put them in your market and and all of that, like I talk about doing your homework. But that's what I did. I was buying cheap properties for 90 to 100 that were worth 130 to 140. Perfect. And I lit my cash on fire. I would be so much bigger today if I didn't buy cheap well-used property and that's a hard lesson to learn because i get excited by cheap Um, but it's it's the wrong approach when your constraint is cash so here's my experience just so you know a little bit about this person to to, that's speaking with you Uh, my life changed as far as real estate investing goes on my 30th birthday Uh, the short story is i I did a self-assessment. Um, I do it every year. Uh, thirty was a, a big number, so probably a little more in depth in depth than, than normal. But what I realized was twofold. First, um, I had I was living the rat race. I went to school, got a good education, got a good job, went back to school at, in the evenings, got an MBA while working full time. Kept you know got raises. All of that stuff was making six figures by the time I was thirty. And I was letting my expenses match my income. I had nothing to show for it. And I was an utter failure in my opinion because I had nothing to show for it. And the other thing I did, and this is the thing that really changed our, my perspective. And I don't know where this came from. But I remember I was just an individual contributor, right? Low man on the totem pole at the time. But I looked up three or four levels, right, to the VPs in my organization. And I asked myself one simple question. Do I want their life? Now, these people at the time were making 5, 6, 10x what I was making. So if you were numbers oriented, your, your only answer is heck yeah. But that's not the case. And what I saw were unhappy people. I saw unhealthy people. I saw people addicted to things I did not want in my life. And I saw family relationships that were at best tattered and strained. And I wanted none of those things. Sure, the money was great, but the cost of what I saw them paying was not worth it to me. So it was, I had to do something different. And this was the first time that I figured out this rat race is real. Um, And I was willing to admit to myself that I was losing by winning, right? I was raised to think, go to school, get an education, get a good job, buy pretty things. So if that was the race, I was doing okay as a 30-year-old. But now what I'd done is I completely changed my perspective. And I was losing and losing in a spectacular fashion. Um, And again, it's because I didn't want to stay in the race anymore. I didn't want to climb the corporate ladder anymore. The, re, the rewards of such climbing was unhealthy, unhealthy relationships, addicted to something. And no amount of money is worth that. So I knew I needed a side hustle. I knew I needed something that I could take the capital that I've proven to be able to earn and via sacrifice save and then invest. Right? My life was crazy. 100,000 miles a year on airplanes, 100 nights in hotels, 60-hour weeks minimum, usually six-day work weeks, and a growing family. But I needed to understand that I was building towards financial freedom. This rat race concept bothered me. I don't like feeling like I've been led around by the nose, and I needed a way out. So we started. We started with that first house on Norris Drive. Right. We spent a year looking in the Bay Area. It didn't make sense. We found Fresno two and a half hours away. It made sense. Large population. So we saw downside production and we dove in. And, um, you know, I'll talk later about that Norris Drive property, but it doesn't start well. And I think real estate, as you'll see later, tests you. We had a huge test on Norris Drive. And I think a lot of people would have quit uh, if this happened to them. But I'll save that for later in the presentation. Again, we've talked about this. I was busy just like you. Um, I would throw my work week on, on, on the table with most. And if you beat me, all I can say is I'm sorry. Uh, that's rough. Uh, you really need a side hustle. And I think buy and hold rentals are, are the right answer. right? Had that growing family. Uh, here's one uh, I don't admit very often, but I think it's fair for this presentation. We didn't have a lot. I told you already we got to the 30th birthday and didn't have nearly what we should have. But in essence, we had $40,000 in a money market or Schwab account or somewhere. I don't really remember where it was. but that's, That was it. That was our life savings at 30. And I admit that might be more than some, but it's a lot less than most. And we got, we got started with that, that, uh, that stake. So uh, I don't know how else to say it other than the Rich Dad, Poor Dad original book changed my life it was where I learned of the concept of the rat race and it really took hold. Um, you know, the house is not an asset, another game changer, but really for me, it was the rental properties, uh, whether it was Robert or his wife, Kim talking about that first condo, that's where the aha moment was. And again, it was an aha moment for me because that was never around me. My family was a bunch of high school graduates, right? Never had, uh, never made really any, any, um, any, what I call real money. And, um, you know, they were, they were either comfortable or miserable, right? Money was a stressor in my family and, um, that I needed a way out, right? The rat race is real. I'm losing by winning. Uh, and this rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki, Kim Kiyosaki changed, changed my life. Rentals were the answer. I went all in, um, you know, needed to figure it out, needed to get me some of that positive cash flow. Uh, and, and, you know, if some is good, more is better. You know, that became the mantra. Um, the big thing, though, this can't be missed. This is where most people will fail in this business is I've already admitted when I was 30, my income rose, but my expenses rose to match it, which is. I was stupid. It was it was just dumb. Uh, but what we did agree to is we agreed to sacrifice going forward and our goal was to live on less than 50% of our total combined income which is which is crazy right we were living probably somewhere between 95 and 98% of our income at the time with some months being over 100 which is just bad we were we were not doing good things and um but that again that changed that changed for us we were now living and agreed to live on less than 50% and i'm happy to say that we did that most months for almost 15 years right i think there was a couple of months you know college is expensive. Our daughter went off to school. So that was, that hurt. And, um, you know, but for the most part we did that. And, um, I mean, I got to tell you, this sacrifice stuff's not sexy. It looks horrible on social media. Uh, we went to lots of housewarming parties and saw lots of nice cars that frankly, when we left, we had some hard conversations, right? Are we doing the right thing? Could we do that? Yeah, we could, but you know, what does that mean? And, I got to admit, we didn't always know if we were doing the right thing. All of our circle of friends that we talked with were upgrading houses and moving from condos to to houses with yards. And you know, my wife wants a vegetable garden and we can't do that in a condo. And it was never, never easy. Uh, But thankfully, I don't know how, how it happened, but we stayed true to our word and just kept moving forward one rental at a time. You know, again, we spent a year because, you know, all the books talk about renting in your backyard or buying in your backyard. We tried that. We live in the Silicon Valley. There's lots of expensive parts of the country. Silicon Valley is one of them. And nothing made sense. And um, that was uh, that was certainly very frustrating. Uh, So we found a market, as I mentioned earlier, called Fresno. Uh, It's two and a half hours away. Fifth largest city in California. Largest city not on the coast. You know, about half a million people in the city, a million people in the county. It just had a lot of variables going for it. And it made sense from a buy and hold rental perspective. Uh, you know, I didn't know any different. So, you know, we lock up our first house on Norris Drive. It's roughly 100 grand. We put down 20 percent. Didn't know any better. And that's that's how this this journey started. And, and again, that first property starts horribly. Uh, and we'll get to that uh, that in a minute. So some things that helped, <laughs> again, uh, sacrifice isn't sexy. I wish there was a way to take pictures of sacrifice and have people celebrate them, but nobody wants to do that, right? Um, but we got comfortable living on less, right? We were living at near a, on nearly 100% of our income for years. We got comfortable living on less than 50%. And that means we needed to get really, really good at understanding need versus want. All our needs were taken care of all of our needs of our daughters were taken care of. And even some of our daughters wants, right? We, we love our daughter and had to take care of her, right? So she did absolutely get some of her wants, but we, as the adults really never got our wants. We did do a couple of vacations, but very inside cabin kind of cheap stuff on cruises. Um, But you know, you got to get comfortable living on less. We didn't upgrade our house, which is a big thing, right? We moved into this place in the 90s, couldn't afford it, got the base models, we lived with it, right? We, it was just, uh, just, you know, again, no upgrades. Cars were 10 years old, you know, vacations intermittently and cheaply, um, even though we could afford uh, nicer stuff. We never spent a dollar on anything but more real estate, whether that was cash out refis, cash flow, Commission checks, you know, stock money, whatever it was, everything went to real estate, and it was never a thought. Right, we we were living on less and less of our income, and uh, everything went to real estate. Right, we're the we're conservative. We would always get long-term fixed-rate debt. We would never over-leverage. You know, we saw lots of people blow up after the 08 crash because they were over-leveraged and coloss- cross collateralized, and when one domino fell, it took others with it, and you know, you are worth $10 million one day and nine months later, you're bankrupt. And, you know, we're, we're, we don't we don't want to be in that camp. Um, you know, the other thing you have to realize is you can't do it yourself. And if you're a busy professional, you shouldn't do it yourself. You should be focused on deals, capital, and then manage and, and build your team. Right. This is a team sport. So be the captain, the CEO, whatever you want to call it and lead them. Tell them what you expect, manage to expectations, and move forward. And then if something doesn't work out, fire them, move on, right? We had to fire the first five, five property managers we had for lots of different reasons. And, you know, it was our business. So, you know, if we were going to outsource something to someone, we wanted them to meet our expectations. In the beginning, it didn't always work out, but you will get through this and you shouldn't do it all yourself. Uh, Cash out refis were very helpful. I've already admitted to you that we started with 40 grand. So the 40 grand was gone after our first three houses. We put 20 into the first one, 10 in the second one, and 10 into the third one. 40 grand gone. Can't buy anymore. But yet the market was rising. So about 30 or 36 months after that, we refied the first one. We pulled out our original 20 and then some, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then we bought the fourth and the fifth, and we just kept doing cash out refis until we got to, to eight units, uh, and then the market changed, and we'll talk about that in a minute. What happened is the market changed at the top, so we couldn't. We were trying to buy our ninth property, and just to give you some numbers, that first house we bought for hundred was now worth two sixty. Here's the problem: it was only renting for eleven hundred, which is which works on a hundred k house. But it doesn't work on a 260 k house. So what we did is we said, okay, something's wrong in the market. These are overinflated. Let's exchange them. And there's something the IRS gives you, which is called a 1031 exchange or like-kind exchange. Look it up. But it allows you to take the equity from one like-kind investment, sell it. Equity stays in an intermediary. And then you buy another asset. You have no tax implications. Usually when you sell, you pay capital gains, depreciation recapture, all of that. But if you're doing an exchange, that just moves forward to the new investment. We went from eight to 80 doors in about a year, a year and a half, all because of the 1031 exchange. No net new money out of pocket. Very powerful. Private money, right? So the market rolls over. Everything's for sale. Buyers disappear. But you know what else happened? banks stopped lending. So we had to get very good at raising private money. And the beauty is, is we've been documenting our story, i.e. this presentation, YouTube, um, you know, uh, one rental at a time.com for a while now. And people know what we've been doing because we have lots of content out there. And um, people wanted to be a part of that because they were earning less than 1% in the market and we were offering 10%. We don't offer these things now. I'm not trying to raise anything. I don't want anything. I'm just telling you. That for a two or two and a half year period, we were paying 10% interest to people who are earning nothing in the bank. And we had more capital available to us than deals. So we bought 40 or 50 deals during the crash and still own them today. Um, and then have since refied them out and paid everybody back and 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 have cash flow investments. It's really awesome. But all of this is because real estate cycles are real. They go up, they go down. And in some markets, they go up higher and down faster than others. But all real estate markets have ups and downs. Some are, some are gradual curves. Some are just violent up and violent down. And when you can find that and look for indicators where there are ups and downs, you get early warnings and signals. And um, as you've already seen, um, I've shared some stories here. It's a market cycles are a big thing in our book. If you want to understand what market cycles can do, read the book. It's on Amazon. It's like $14. I make no money selling them, so I'm not trying to sell them. I'm just saying, if you want to know how somebody could take advantage of it, we wrote the entire story of our journey from a single house to financial freedom in that book. So I promised you this story. This business will test you. So let me tell you the story of our very first rental. And to do that, let me remind you that we spent a year looking in the Bay Area before we found Norris Drive in Fresno. So when we signed on the dotted line, made the offer, got the contract, we were over the moon excited. Like off the charts excited. Then a tenant moves in. We do everything right credit check, criminal record, speak to references, verify employment, income. Everything is rock star solid. However, it goes from great to spectacularly bad quick. Two weeks after they move in, the husband and wife break up. The wife takes off. We we never really know where she goes except down south. Somebody said Arizona. Somebody said New Mexico. It doesn't matter. She's gone. Why this is bad is the husband doesn't take this very well. He quits going to work and I'm guessing eventually gets fired. Not only does he quit going to work but he picks up the bottle and I think he's trying to become an Olympian drinker and just drinks all day long. And, you know, as I've clearly stated, we invest in California which means, you know, 2 weeks in he misses his first payment, we do a 3-day notice. And then we start the eviction process, but then I have 60 days, right? So we miss three more months of rent before he's out. And guess what? We still have to pay our mortgage payment. That's, that's not good. And then he leaves us a destroyed house, $15,000 in destruction. So think about it. Our first investment. After a year, we get a down payment or a deposit, deposit, and one month's rent. So let's just call it two grand. We go on to lose four or five months of rent, and we've given the gift of a $15,000 expense to make it, to make it ready for the next tenant. How many of you would keep going after that? I'm still shocked to this day, every time I tell this story, that we kept going. But thankfully, we did the story of Norris drive actually ends happily that property is never a problem. The next tenant moves in plate pays like clockwork, never causes a problem. And as frankly, as the still the tenant when we sell it um, a couple of years later. And um, as I've already stated that first property we did a 1031 exchange is Norris drive. So we, you know, while it started, I can't imagine it starting any worse. The ending is spectacular. We moved $150,000 in equity into an apartment building, no new down payment. We still own the apartment building today. And it's been cash flowing thousands of dollars every month for, I don't know, eight or nine years or 12. I don't even know how long it's been, 11, 12 years. Who knows? So I just wanted you to ask yourself that story. Maybe listen to it again and ask yourself if you and your significant other would keep going. Uh, we did. I don't know how we did, but we did. And, um, You know, there's there's a surprise. And again, this business tests you. You're gonna have evictions. You're I love the I love it when tenants disappear. I just think it's funny. I can just imagine them driving up at midnight in a U-Haul truck, packing up all their stuff and then vanishing by 3 30 in the morning. I've had that happen dozens of times. Contractors don't show up. They show up, but they're not there. They overbid, they breaks. I mean, lots of stuff happens. Mother Nature. Mother nature is a fickle thing. Could be lots of rain, could be no rain. Could be earthquakes, could be tornadoes, hurricanes, you know, whatever it is, stuff happens. Neighbors, right? When you own a rental property, you're a landlord, you're not by yourself on an island, right? You can have neighbors and maybe they don't like each other. And, you know, maybe they call the cops on each other. Who knows? Lots of stuff can happen. Fires happen. I remember the first time one of my units burned. It was scary. But guess what? You have insurance. And actually, the process to do that was extremely easy and very, frankly, rewarding. Uh, But it happens, and it can be scary. You can have leaks, small leaks, big leaks, roof leaks, plumbing leaks. People, unfortunately, die. I am very, very sorry to tell you that, but it happens to all of us. But when it happens in one of your properties, that could be a bad day, right? Stuff happens. This is a people business. When you sign up to be a landlord, you are signing up to work in a people business. Again, as I've said earlier, you can outsource much of the interaction, but as the ultimate owner, the buck stops with you for the good or the bad. So what have we found that helps? This is often misunderstood, but I would network like crazy. I would try to get around more and more landlords and buy and hold people because when you're feeling stress about an eviction or a decision, you talk to another experienced landlord and they go, oh, I got you, we've done with that hundreds of times or dozens of times or one time before. We got you, this is what we did. You suddenly feel like the weight's lifted off your shoulder. Yes, you still have to approve an eviction. Yes, you still have to you know, buy a new water heater. Yes, you still have a bad income month. But when you're around other like-minded individuals, it gets easier. The worst thing you could do is keep up with your current friends who think real estate investing is risky and why would you ever deal with tenants, toilets, and termites? Um, I told you that was a bad idea. If you have these negative people chewing on your ear, get rid of them. Or at least don't talk about real estate because you just don't need this. This business is hard enough. Get around people that are going to build you up, not tear you down. You've got to get rid of the negative people. Right? Some of the people we started with, you know, some people I still talk to today that don't know our story, still tell me that real estate investing and being a landlord is risky. And at some point in that conversation, I tell them that, you know what? My wife and I actually retired after 15 years because of that. And they're still adamant it's risky. It's like they dug their grave and they just want to stay in it. But, you know, you just got to cut that out. You don't need that drain. They're like battery drainers. Just get away from those people. One thing I found that helps, and I will admit this is um, something I still have to work on. Uh, I'm better at it than I used to be, but could always be better is you have to mitigate the ups and the downs. You can't never be too high or too low being a landlord because that just means you're going to be, you're going to suffer eventually. So if you can, if you can reduce the peaks of your highs and reduce the troughs, you're gonna be in a much better emotional position and it won't feel like work. The other thing you need to appreciate is I tell everybody to think in decades when you're buying hold landlord, And then when you think in decades, you you should never let a moment, a single decision, a single event ruin your decade. It can't. Even a fire burning down a unit to the ground shouldn't ruin your decade, right? You have insurance. The insurance will pay you to rebuild, or you can take the check and then pay off the lender and walk away, whatever you want. But these are moments. These are singular decisions that, yes, can be hard, can be tough, can cause stress but they are single moments, and in the scheme of decades, they're nothing. So just appreciate that. Lastly, it's not always easy to do, but you have to remember the good being a landlord far exceeds the bad. Unfortunately, people like telling bad stories. I don't know what it is. Negative headlines sell, I guess. Uh, But I can promise you, being a landlord into an appreciating market with inflation protected assets is awesome. And um, I'm here to tell you that the good far outweigh the bad by a hundred times. It's just unfortunate that as humans, we like to talk about the bad instead of sharing all the good. So, why do I talk about four? I believe getting to four rentals can change a busy professional's life. I hope everybody watching this gets four even if it takes two years, one every six months, or eight years, one every two years. I think if you get to four and that's all you ever do, you've fundamentally changed your life. Ask yourself, what would four free and clear rentals mean to you in the future? What would it mean to your family? Right? These assets have probably doubled in value. Rents are probably up 50%. You know, that's a pretty nice complement to Social Security, 401ks, pensions, whatever else you have. It's it's a pretty good deal. If you can get to four rentals, you can decide to keep growing, right? If you like four, go to ten. If you get to four and it kind of stresses you out, stop. It's totally okay. But four can change your life. Again, remember these assets are inflation protected. So if you're if we ever get into an environment where inflation rears its head, You have something that's protected. It's going to rise in value because inflation will hit the commodities and the houses are nothing but commodities. Wages keep going up. Rents will go up. All inflation protected. And again, remember, there is somebody else paying 70 70 or 75% of your asset. How cool is that? And then when you get to retirement, you have choices. You can refi. Guess what? A loan is not taxable. If you sell it, you're going to pay taxes for sure. IRS wants their piece and they deserve it. But if you get a loan or you do a 1031 exchange or whatever, you have ways that you can extract dollars and not pay taxes. It's awesome. So what do we teach or recommend? Again, I've said these, but I wanted to break them down for you. You have to think in decades. If you're a buy and hold landlord and you're just starting out, I'm sorry. Those little drops or trickles are gonna take a while to build. And I was in your shoes. It's like, great, you know, $75 this month, yippee. But that is built into this massive stream over time. And it will happen for you too if you think in decades. Please, please, please conservatively finance. I don't, I don't care if a bank will approve you for an 80%. I want you to have such a cushion that it's easy. And, and that for most people might be 30% down. That's okay. Right? You're, you're just making your, your cash flow better. Yes, I get it. Some people are going to hate this because your return, your, your leverage, all of that stuff is in as high. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be here telling you to build a house of cards with a shaky foundation. Put the extra 10% down, right? Make sure you can hold it for the long term. The only reason we were able to survive the crash is because we were conservatively financed and had stuff that cash flowed easily into a recession. And we saw lots of people highly leveraged lose everything. Uh, this is a big one for me. I kind of talked about this earlier in the 200 k 150 k example, but used properties selling at a discount, I called them cheap properties earlier, aren't a great option um, because they consume too much cash. And I did not appreciate that in the beginning. So uh, I really do spend a lot of time reminding people to do the math, right? If you can finance the repair cost or make ready, whatever you want to call that, and have the bank lend you that, you're in such better shape because you can buy more stuff. Unfortunately, real estate investing offers a lot of options. And for busy professionals, this this can hurt. Because you get distracted. But again, remember what we're talking about. I'm talking to individuals that have minutes available, have to do stuff before and after hours. A lot of the stuff around us, the flipping, the wholesaling, all these other things consume daylight hours that you just don't have. So that's one thing I got or we got right is we kind of picked our lane rentals and we never got distracted. And I meet a lot of new people that are, you know, one foot in here and one foot over there and all these other places. And um, that's unfortunate. It doesn't have to be that way. Pick your lane, stay in your lane, ignore all the other stuff. It's a team sport. I didn't always get this in the beginning. Um, You know, your job as the leader of this is to, especially if you follow our model of buy and hold, think long term. You're going to build a team, you and you'll manage the team. You know, if you call yourself the captain or the CEO or whatever you like to call yourself, all good. And um, realize that you have to build it, manage it, and sometimes you have to let people go because they're not performing, or you've outgrown them, or they've got other priorities. And it's just hard. I get it, but you have to do it because you're thinking in long term, and and you want to um, you know take care of your family uh, going forward. Uh, you can use slivers of time for maximum return, right? the beauty about being buy and hold is a side hustle is I'm still reaping returns on time. I invested a decade ago and I reap these returns every month as cash flow comes in. Um, I don't know of any other vehicle where I'm still cashing checks from time. I invested 10 years ago. It's pretty awesome. I have created one acronym. It stands for cash rich asset poor. Um, It's not a great way to live. I think cash is um, I think it depreciates. I think, you know, I think inflation eats it. And, um, I think being cash rich asset poor is, is not the way to go. Um, new investors or students must do a couple of things. You got to do your homework. I, I talked to lots of people looking out of area, calling, a, calling me about turnkey providers and, you know, you have to do your homework. You, you, have, you, you and you alone are solely responsible for understanding what a bad deal is, what an average deal is, what a good and great deal is. And as you'll see uh, here at the end, I've, I've created something to help you do that um, because I don't like to see busy professionals taken advantage of by others because uh, I want to help you understand how to protect yourself. Uh, I'm helping people save thousands of dollars by making, not making bad investment decisions. You have to understand, right, again, what's a bad and average, good and great deals? My opinion is 95 to 98% of the stuff listed on the MLS are average or bad deals. When you follow what I teach and recommend, you are only going to take action on good or great deals. That's what I try to teach and try to help all of my students do. Not everybody appreciates that. People look and say, wow, there's thousands of stuff on the MLS. I'll offer on that one. Well, how do you know if that one is a good or great deal? You know what the price is, but how do you know if it's a deal? So I spend a lot of time trying to help people understand what a bad, average, good, and great deal is. The most frequent gap I see in busy professionals is they don't understand their buying criteria. What what, what and what, you know, why, do, why will I buy? Usually what I hear from people stuck at zero, is I want a deal. Get me a deal. Not good enough, people. You've got to know, know, hey, I want $200 a door, or I want an 8% yield on my money, or whatever it is. But please step back and figure out your buying criteria. And again, your buying criteria is going to help you drive the understanding of bad, average, good, and great. This is what I teach people to do. Step one of my system or program or whatever you want to call it. But that's vitally important. Uh, if you're looking at turnkey providers, do me a favor. Please review them first. We've, we should have all heard, and if you haven't, look them up. There are some horrible stories about turnkey providers taking advantage of people. And that's not okay. And Review your turnkey provider first. Irrespective of market. A a bad turnkey provider will destroy you even if the market they've chosen, chosen is the number one market in the country. I would choose a turnkey provider in a bad market that is good and reputable over a bad turnkey provider in a great market. It's just the way it is. So spend as much time evaluating the team before you investigate the market. You have to understand your short and long-term goals. And I didn't do this very well. I got so fatuated with the long-term goal, I forgot to celebrate the small successes. And I don't think most people could do that. I think you have to take little off-ramps and celebrate little things. It doesn't have to be a big celebration, but shoot, go get a cupcake. Go Go get something to document where you've been. You got your first rental. You got your fourth, right? Whatever it is. And again, something I believe and has hopefully come out pretty, uh, pretty appropriate in this is you're never done growing your network. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jim Ingersoll, talks about your network being tied to your net worth and I couldn't agree more. A lot of my deal flow today is from my network and I'm always looking to grow my network. I'm always looking to network with other successful investors and newbie investors and all that stuff. A, because I have the time now and I'm, I'm, I'm excited by it, but also my network has been such a big part of our growth uh, then I'm never going to stop um, leveraging that. So I have a couple of next next steps. If you've liked this presentation, I would ask you for one thing. Could you go to my YouTube channel uh, and subscribe? It's just youtube.com slash one rental at a time, no spaces. Just a little return, just a little click, hit the little red button I think it is that says subscribe. That would mean the world to me. Um, if you, you know, if you want to review our story, if this kind of sounds interesting and you really want to see how our investing changed over a 15-year journey, uh, we wrote this book, One Rental at a Time. It's about 180 pages, I think, and it's on Amazon. You, know, you can go into Amazon, type in One Rental at a Time or type in Michael Zuber. Uh, it'll come up. I think there's 61 reviews as of this morning. 60 of them are five-star, and I do have a one-star review. Uh, the one-star review bothers me. I won't lie, uh, but basically, my takeaway is it's a rambling story of mine, which it is. I'm never claimed to be a great writer. In fact, I was a C student, and uh, wasn't very much how-to. What I never promised it was a how-to. It's simply our investing story over a market cycle, and it's what we did. I wouldn't know or feel capable of doing a how-to book, because I don't know your circumstances or your environment. But I do know ours, and I feel like telling you our story could be interesting because you could see yourself in it or see a market cycle that's relevant. So that's what it is. And um, I certainly appreciate all 65-star reviews a lot more than that one star, but I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that one star didn't bother me a little. And if you don't know already, that's what the book looks like. Um, Why Purple? Purple is my favorite color. Uh, right, Hence the one in the in the house picture. Which I guess I'll move this so you can see it. Right, there's a little picture in the upper right, which sta- which is basically the logo. Right, one rental at a time. So uh, I had a friend of mine, Josh, color create that, which I'm so appreciative for. And if you want to check us out, um, I finally released our website. Guess what? It's called OneRentalAtATime.com. It's only one page. I'm not up for having lots of pages, man. Right? I'm just trying to give back and help people if you'd like to follow our journey and really understand what we've done and seen, you know, how we started, um, we have something for you. Um, you know, if you need a plan B and and all of that, um, I think all employees, all full, I truly believe all full-time employees need a plan B, right? You need something on the side. That's why I was so attracted to this potential webinar talking about a side hustle. Um, you know, my impression of this webinar is there'll be, you know, myself talking about buy and hold and maybe there's a wholesaler or a flipper and we're all just kind of, talking about why they could be plan B's. Again, I have no idea if this is gonna go anywhere, but I was intrigued by the idea and hence created this presentation. Uh, so we'll see if it goes anywhere. Um, you know, and then the other thing, if you're a busy professional, you need something that uh, is flexible on time. You know, Little slivers, big returns, small time commitments, and you can work off hours. Um, you need a vehicle that's proven. Uh, our journey is just one of thousands over time that have used rental properties to achieve financial independence, and um, you know I think that's a that's a true story. And there's obviously things you got to do to get started and be on the right path and all of that, but it is absolutely a proven path, and we are just one set of people walking down that path. So after hundreds, if not thousands, of requests for advice and lunch and dinners and coffees and drives to Fresno. Um, I've done something to help people. Um, you know, we we created a course. I spent 90 days kind of beating on it and creating something. Um, I've created a private Facebook group just for paying students, and it's a really ridiculously low-priced uh, solution because I'm not trying to make money off this. I'm trying to cover my costs and, and really help people along the way. I uh, keep adding more and more videos. I'm working on step six right now. This is one that's always fun for me my students are interacting on this private Facebook group and asking for things and we're creating more content and we're just throwing it up there. We're not doing these monthly things that people are talking about. There's, it seems to be a trend now where people want like $15 or $20 a month forever. I I get how $20 seems less. Um, I it's, that's not why I do this. Um, And also I'm going to give you $50 off because you've now spent 40 or 50 minutes with me. I want to buy. I want to reward you for watching to the end. Um, if you want to look it up, here's the course name. It's called How to Start One Rental at a Time. Uh, it's on Teachable. Um, and if once you once you purchase it and uh, join, please ask to join the private Facebook group. Uh, the Facebook group is called One Rental at a Time Works. Here's the link. You know, it's on Teachable as I mentioned. The title is How to Start One Rental at a Time. You can go to my website one rental at a time, scroll down. There's a link to it if you like. It says hit enroll, and then you'll be able to use a a coupon code. So if you just hit enroll now, it'll tell you the course is $199, uh, which in the scheme of things, it's less than one month of cash flow on one unit uh, for most people. So it's, again, ridiculously cheap. And what I've done, because you, again, have watched this with me, is I've created a coupon called FB 50, which just stands for Facebook 50. I'm only going to put this video on Facebook and, uh, hence, um, if you'd like to save $50, um, you know, which brings the course down to one forty-nine, you can, uh, you get to join the private Facebook group. You get to ask student requests for more content. I will, you know, you're, you're once you're in, you're in, I don't hit you up for anything else. Um, You know, and again, it's uh, it's it's proven to be a lot of fun. Frankly, I I'm not a social media guy, so I had no idea how fun the private Facebook group would be. But getting like-minded individuals to share their stories from around the country and the world—we have a couple people overseas in the group. It's um, it's a lot of fun. So uh, that's a pleasant surprise for me, frankly. So again, you want to save $50? um, Face or FB50. So again, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, again, everything I do is one ritual at a time. So there's my email. Uh, it's mzuber at, one rental at a time.com. Uh Again, there's the book. Pretty proud of the book. Took a, you know the hardest part of writing a book? It's not the writing, it's the editing. Uh, again, I'm a C student and uh, wrote about our story in my own words and my own voice. And I'm not the smartest guy on the block. So um, remember that when you read it, it is our authentic story, the best way we can tell it, the good and the bad. And uh, if you do buy it, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, leave a five-star review. As always, do me a favor if you like this. Uh, you know, the only thing I would really ask you for, um, don't have to buy the book, don't have to buy the course, nothing like that. But if you just go to my YouTube channel to say thank you for this video and just hit the subscribe button, that would mean the world to me. Again, just that one little thank you is the only thing I ask for. Again, YouTube.com slash one rental at a time. Uh, that would be very helpful. So with that. I wanna thank you very much for watching this. Uh, I think this dry one went a lot better and I think I didn't swear. I don't think I, you know, that's, that's a big thing, right? Because um, that can turn some people off. So it was a big deal for me to get through this 50 minutes uh, without doing that. So uh, I wanna thank you for your time. If you're still watching, have a great day and take care.